All right. Good morning, everyone. Great to have you here for this uh, beautiful day of celebration. We trust that God will be glorified through it all. So just so you don't think I forgot to announce something, uh, Sherry Miller is going to make a quick announcement about VBS at the end of the service. Uh, a quick question. How many of you guys are graduating from high school this year? I know, quick stand up if you're graduating. I know Chris is graduating. Abby's already standing up. Sam's already standing up. Chris, you can stand up. Go ahead. All right. And this young lady, Ashley, over here. Okay, so I think we've got a number of kids. There's, there's more. Uh, so we're grateful for you guys, and uh, congratulations. All right, you made it. And your parents are probably glad you're through. Okay. <laughs> All right, uh, one prayer request that I want to mention this morning is for uh, our brother, uh, Dan Slack. So uh, I count uh, Dan as one of my most encouraging brothers in Christ. Uh, he has been through, with great joy, he has been through a lot. Uh, he's had every part of his body worked on, knees, hips, shoulders, has battled cancer, uh, has gone through a lot. And uh, this week he was uh, told that he needs to get quadruple heart bypass surgery. So I just... I wanted to mention that, uh, not to embarrass Dan or to put a finger his way, but uh, just to remind you to be in prayer. That's an upcoming thing, and I'm sure we'll have updates on when that's going to happen. Uh, Pam has been uh, amazing. Uh, she's an amazing woman. And I remember when they trusted Christ, and uh, that's 20-some years ago, Dan. I don't know how many. It's like 23, 24 years ago. And uh, just, Dan, would greatly appreciate your prayers, okay? He's got a very serious road ahead of him, and we want to be uh, upholding him in prayer. So I'm going to lead us in prayer this morning. And uh, can I ask you to stand with me as we go to the Lord? Father, as we come before you this morning, we, we come because we know that ultimately you are sovereign over all things, and that you are in ultimate control of every circumstance of our lives. And uh, Lord, as I think about my brother Dan, a man that I love uh, deeply as a brother in Christ, thank you for the testimony that he has been to me and to this church family. Thank you for his dear wife who has stood strong and for his children, God. Uh, we thank you for each of them. And we pray a very uh, powerful blessing over Dan's physical needs right now, Lord. Uh, together, we ask that your healing hand would be on him. We trust that the surgery, when it comes, will be effective and that there will be a, a very powerful and beautiful result from it. God, that very simply this morning is our request. And I pray peace over my brother's heart uh, as I, I have watched him walk through these struggles, deep waters, fires, and you have sustained him and given him joy in the midst of every circumstance. And I thank you for the challenge that has been to our church family and to my life personally. I ask your blessing over Tim Dorier, God. I pray that his back issue would be resolved by the work of your hand. We pray the same for Diana Kelly. We pray the same for Linda Matthews. Uh, Father, that your healing hand would be at work in a powerful way in their lives. Uh, I know, Lord, standing in front of me this morning, there are always uh, a number of needs that have not been expressed and people... You know, we come, God, from different circumstances with different struggles. And Lord, we just simply say this morning how we need you. How we need you, Lord. 
So please move and work in the lives of everyone here this morning as testimonies of your grace are shared. I pray that your spirit would work to affirm and to assure hearts this morning of your grace and love. So Lord, bless us. Bless us as we come into your presence. Bless us as we sing songs of praise. And we ask these blessings in the name of Jesus and all God's people said, Amen. I want you to say, think of this verse with me. Psalm 107, verse 1. It says, Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. His mercy endures forever. And then he asked this question. Has the Lord redeemed you? Then speak out. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. So we're going to do that in two ways this morning, okay? We're going to do it in the singing of the gospel, proclaiming the goodness of God in the work of Christ. And then secondly, we're going to do it in the waters of baptism, where those who are being baptized share with you how the grace of God has invaded and changed their lives. So we trust that you will, through this service, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Let's join together in worship.
Father, we proclaim that this morning, Lord. Our hope cannot be in anything else except for your life and your death. Thank you so much for sending your son to die for us. Thank you, Lord, that this morning we also get to participate in the, um, the proclamation of those who are going to be baptized, that they have been covered by the blood of Christ and that they will be with you for eternity. Lord God, I just uh, thank you for our time of worship together. And as we continue with the service, just, just lift your name high through us, we ask. We praise things in Jesus' name. Amen. We have, it looks like seven or eight people that are going into the waters of baptism this morning. So this is going to be exciting. Um, I, I want to just take a few moments to talk to you about baptism, and I'm going to be looking at several passages, but we'll be starting in Matthew chapter 28, Matthew chapter 28, and we will be looking at what is called the Great Commission, verses 18 through the end. Now, this is the word of the Lord. It says, and Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Well, this is God's sufficient, eternal, authoritative, life-giving, and life-changing word. 
Would you pray with me? So Lord, as we, as we begin and we look at this passage among others, help us to get a sense of what baptism is and help us to see the importance of believers' baptism. Uh, Lord, I pray for each of the candidates that will come and share their testimonies of what you've done in their lives and through their lives. I pray that their testimonies would um, bring glory and honor to your name and plant seeds in our hearts and our lives as well. As I open the word, Father, I pray that you would teach us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So it wasn't this ring, but it was a different ring. Um, I think I grew out of my first ring my wife gave me on August 14, 1992. Um, but she gave me a ring to symbolize our relationship, our marriage together. I gave her one, she gave me one. And from that day forward, for most of the days of those 31 years, I have worn this ring or a ring to symbolize a relationship that I have with uh, my wife. Uh, in some ways, it's exactly, now this ring in and of itself doesn't make me married. If I lose this ring, which I did on one of the rings, sorry, Amy, um, if I lose the ring or if I grow out of the ring, I need a bigger ring. It's the, not the ring that establishes the relationship. The ring only symbolizes the relationship. And that's what's happening here uh, today. When we look at believer's baptism, I want you to consider uh, several questions that we'll just go over briefly. First is why is it that we as a church, the chapel at Warren Valley, baptize people? We baptize people because as you see from Matthew 18, uh, 28, uh, verses 18 through 20, it's very clear that we are commanded by the Lord Jesus Christ to baptize people. Jesus instructed his disciples to go into the nations and disciple them. By discipling them, you evangelize them, you teach them about God's word, and then you are called to baptize them in the triune God, in the Father, Son, and the Spirit. Baptism is not a mere suggestion. Baptism is a commandment from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That leads to the second thing that's so vitally important. It's not just a suggestion, it is an obligation. And I urge those of you that have professed Christ as your Lord and Savior and have never gone into the waters of baptism, maybe today is not the day that you'll be baptized, but please um, do so soon. Because as followers of Christ, we're called to obey his commandment, and this is a commandment to be baptized. It's not a matter of personal preference or convenience. It is a step of faith. What would it be like if I told Amy I'm not going to put that ring on when I am professing my faith to her or my relationship to her? Another reason why we do baptism is because the New Testament church ultimately practice baptism. If you remember, right after Pentecost, Peter preaches a powerful sermon, an amazing sermon. 3,000 people get saved, but 3,000 people didn't just get saved. 3,000 got saved and then got baptized that same day. The early church was a consistent pattern of hearing the word of God, hearing the gospel, believing on the Lord Jesus Christ as their savior, and then publicly confessing their faith in the waters of baptism. So that is why we do what we do. That moves us to a second question, what baptism is not, what you are not going to see this morning, and what the Bible does not teach and what this church does not teach. This is not the cleansing of sins. 
There are some churches that will teach that baptism is the cleansing of sins. We do not believe this. What the Bible says is very clear in Hebrews 9.22. It says that without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. It was Christ's shed blood that cleanses us from the sins. Forgiveness of sins comes only by the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. But what are we doing here? Each one of these baptismal candidates is symbolizing the cleansing that they are professing. They believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. They have received his forgiveness, his shed blood, and his shed blood has been applied to their sins, and they are cleansed because of that. Baptism also, second, is not the way that a person becomes a Christian. There are some faith traditions that will say that you have to go into the waters of baptism to be saved. That is not true. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says very clearly, for by grace alone, through faith, that we receive Christ. For it is by grace that you have received faith, sorry, by grace you have been saved and received faith. This is not of your own doing. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. It's not about our works or anything that we do. It is about Christ and his work. So baptism is an outward expression of the inward work that God has done. It's a visible testimony, like a ring is a visible testimony. It's a visible testimony that they are providing for us today. So what is baptism? So why do we do it and what it's not? But let me tell you what it is. It's a confession of personal faith. Each member, I'm going to have the opportunity to interview each member, the person that comes up. They will give you a testimony of their faith, and their testimony of faith may be different. Some may be longer, some may be shorter, but it comes down to this. They recognize that they're a sinner, they recognize that Christ is their only Savior, and they've trusted in Him alone as their Savior. They trust in His shed blood. So baptism is a confession of faith. Um, in Acts chapter 8, the Ethiopian eunuch was hearing in the Old Testament about how Philip took the Old Testament and showed Christ through the Old Testament. And then they got to water, kind of like this in the picture, and they said, well, what keeps me from being baptized? He, he trusted in Christ and he wanted to be baptized. Baptism also symbolizes Christ's life, death, burial, and resurrection. When the elders take the candidate and bring them back, they're symbolizing that this person has died. They go under the water, they symbolize that they have been buried. When they come out of the water, they symbolize new life. What they're doing is symbolizing what Christ did for you and for me. In Romans 6, it says, we were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead, by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. So just as Jesus was buried and he came to life, these people are symbolizing that same thing, their connection, their union with Christ. It is also a declaration of their obedience. As we've already said, Christ commands you to be baptized. And each one of these candidates are going into the waters of baptism to fulfill their obedience to Christ's commandment to be baptized. The last thing I want you to consider is that baptism represents repentance. Each one of these candidates are going to tell you that there was some level of sin that they came to in awareness of sin in their lives. They moved from sin to their savior. They moved from guilt to grace. So they recognize that there is a level of repentance. That was what baptism symbolizes. It symbolizes repentance. And it symbolizes a cleansing from sin. As I said before, it is not the cleansing from sin, but it, cel it celebrates it or it signifies it. It pictures 
preachers the gospel, when you hear every testimony and when you see every candidate go into the water of baptism, I want you to think about the gospel. I want you to see Christ, life, death, burial, resurrection. Every time we take communion and every time we see a baptism, God has given you a picture of what God has done for you in Christ. So we do it in a pool. There are some faith traditions that tell you that you sprinkle. Um, if you take the word baptism, uh, baptize in the New Testament, the Greek word means to immerse. It means to bring completely under. And so we teach that we bring the person completely underwater. And that brings us to my final question. The final question I have for you is the question that uh, the elders are going to ask the candidates. The, the question that they'll ask is, do you confess that you're trusting in the shed blood of Christ alone for your salvation? It's a question I have for you as well that's sit, seated in the audience, in the congregation. Do you believe in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? And if you do, have you ever put the ring on and celebrated him by making your relationship public? That's what they're going to do today. I would urge you to do that. Hear the testimonies today. Praise God when you hear these testimonies. This is one of our, our favorite uh, times, just to be able to hear the testimonies of God has done in people's lives. And I'm looking forward to it now. So let me pray, and then we'll bring our first candidates up. Let me pray for you all. Jesus, you said that all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to you. And you called us, you commanded us to go and evangelize by making disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. Thank you for the triune God. Thank you, Father, for planning our salvation. Jesus, thank you for providing for our salvation. And Holy Spirit, thank you so much for being the pledge of our salvation. I, preach, I pray for each of the candidates that come up. It's not easy to stand up in front of people even pastors get nervous standing up in front of people. So I pray for each one of them that they would be at peace and just amazed by what you're going to do in them and through them. Help us to hear the testimonies and give glory to your son. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, so let's bring our first two candidates up and bring up Teddy Matumbo and Michelle Matumbo. Come on up. I'll let you be seated there. Please feel free to sit. You can sit. I don't mind standing. All right, Teddy, can you, we'll start with you. You want to tell us a little bit about your faith? Thank you. My name is Teddy. I was born in a Catholic family and didn't know much about Christianity. Later, this was around the age of 10, my auntie got, um, got born again. And then one day, she took me to watch a play called Heaven's Gates and Hell's Flames. After watching this play, I decided to give my life to Jesus. Because I was a sinner, I needed to give my life to Jesus. He came on earth and died for me. He died in my place so that I would be free. I'm so grateful to God for loving me, caring about me. I don't know where I would be without Jesus. I thank God for 
my husband, my children, and all that he has done in my life. My favorite verse in the Bible, uh, in the Bible is John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Okay, Michelle, I'll hold it for you. My name is Michelle Matemba Divine. I was born in a Christian family, but I never knew what Christianity was all about. I used to go to Sunday school, but I never really knew what it was all about. During the COVID lockdown, as we were praying at home, my mother and uncle asked me if I wanted to get saved and I said yes. In those times, I realized that I was a sinner and needed a savior, and that Jesus had come and died for me on the cross. Ever since I got saved, God has worked in my life. I am so grateful to God for his love, mercy, and grace. My favorite Bible verse is Jeremiah 29, verses 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Michelle, do you today confess that you are trusting in the shed blood of Christ alone as the ground of your salvation? Yes. All right, based upon your profession of faith in Christ, we now baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. This is mom and daughter, right? We told you that? Yes. You may not be able to see the age difference, but we know that, it, we know that it's true. So I'm gonna ask you just to hold your wrist, okay? okay. Just, okay. yeah, yeah, right here, right here. Just put your hand right on there. There you okay. go. All right. Uh, Teddy, do you today confess that you were trusting in the shed blood of Christ alone as the ground of your salvation? Yes, I do. All right, based upon your profession of faith, we now baptize you in the name of the Father, of the Son, and the Holy Spirit. God. 
Praise God. Amen. Josh Lamour, would you come on up? Hey, Josh. So for my whole life, I was always brought up a Christian. I learned about God. I knew everything he had done for me. I knew about Jesus, how he was sent to earth to die for our sins so we could be saved. Um, but for my whole life, it never really affected me or seemed important. About three years ago, my family started coming to the chapel, but again, it just seemed like another boring church like all the other ones before. <laughs> but after attending the church for a while, me and my sister joined the youth group. At around the same time, I had just finished middle school and was going into high school, and God was not the main focus in my life. I was having so many problems with friends, I hated school, and I just didn't know what I was supposed to do. It was like I was stuck at a point in my life where nothing seemed to be going well. But for every problem I seemed to have, during the youth group service, I would discover a solution from God. At church, it was always hard to pay attention, but at youth group, I would actually listen and understand the message being told, and this was the first time that I felt a real connection with God. I focused my life I focused all my life on things that really had no meaning, but I realized how I could live a better life if I actually listened to God's word and focused on him. He helps me to see what truly matters in my life, and he can give me the purpose that I never saw before. The story of Jesus is no longer just a story that I believed in and now means something more to me. And I still struggle with putting God first in my life. I still find church boring sometimes, and I'm not always able to read and understand the Bible. But there was one verse that has stood out to me. It was Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understandings. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. Sometimes I feel like life doesn't make a lot of sense, or nothing really seems to be going my way. But I know trusting in God is my main focus in life, will help me find meaning in anything. Josh, for those comments, you stay under longer. <laughs> it won't be boring for the people watching. <laughs> I remember when Josh was this tall in youth group. That was just two years ago. Josh, do you today confess that you are trusting in the shed blood of Christ alone as the ground of your salvation? Yes. Based upon your profession of faith in Christ, we now baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. I was thinking that, uh, as Josh was sharing that, very honestly, that could have been my testimony because, to be honest, um, my youth group, you know, I came to faith in Christ on a youth winter retreat. It was youth pastors and youth leaders that poured into my life. And you're sitting in the big church and sometimes you're not getting it. Um, but those people that uh, day after day are there with you planting seeds in your life. And youth leaders, youth pastors um, are huge. And so they're huge. Yes. Amen. Yeah, amen. <laughs> Next, Sam is on. 
My parents have always <clears throat> taught my siblings and me about God. Our house was always filled with verse memorizing, devotions, and going to church. I remember doing all these things with neutrality, not really processing what it all meant. I would never pursue God on my own, would never read my Bible, and would only pray when it was about something that I needed or wanted. <clears throat> I didn't look into the future about whether I'd one day be going to heaven. I assumed because I did all this stuff, I was automatically in the clear and would have eternal life. Uh, I thought I was doing all right and that I didn't have an incentive and that I didn't have an incentive to pursue God. I didn't truly appreciate the fact that Jesus died on the cross for my sins and that I had to have an absolute belief and faith in God. One day when I was around 14 or 15, two verses we were memorizing really impacted me. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. It hit me that I was a sinner destined for a world without God and that I needed a strong belief and faith in him to avoid that world and go to heaven. <clears throat> I also realized to be considered a true God-fearing Bible-believing Christian, I needed to completely place my trust in him. Not long after this, Pastor Tim started leading the church youth group, and each message he gave really impacted me and further cemented the realization that I had come to. I needed Jesus' love, and I needed it badly. Not long after the youth, the youth group started, I decided to fully trust in God and that Jesus had died on the cross for my sins. I don't even remember the spe specific day, but I remember one night while in my room asking God to truly change me and to help me have more faith in him. <clears throat> to know him as a God, a father, a friend, and my savior. After praying this prayer, I started to read my Bible every day and to fully trust in God blindly with complete faith. With encouragement from Pastor Tim, I made this decision to be baptized. to you today, confess that you were trusting in the shed blood of Christ alone as the ground of your salvation. Yes, I did. Based upon your profession of faith in Christ, we now baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Uh, four baptisms done and we're going to spend some time singing here and then we'll come back to another set so stand and sing with us Wonderful, merciful Savior, precious Redeemer and friend, who would have thought that a lamb could rescue the souls of men? Oh, you rescue the souls of men. Counselor, Comforter. Counselor, Comforter, Keeper. Spirit, we long to embrace. You offer hope when our hearts 
merciful wonderful merciful savior precious redeemer and friend who would have thought that a lamb could rescue the souls of men oh you rescue the souls of I was thinking of the song that uh, my brother and I can't sing, um, and they, um, in our former church, my brother and I sang a song before the church. It's called Blessed Assurance, Jesus is Mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine, heir of salvation purchased by God. And so this, and that, you remember the chorus? This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story. This is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. And so that's what you're hearing today. You're hearing about the story of what Christ has done in people's lives. And you see the same thing. You saw something different. Their eyes were open. They professed their faith in Christ and that God has been doing something amazing in their lives since. So we bring our next candidate up, Liz Buck. Would you come on up? Oh, I think I'll be up. Um, 
I had a rough childhood because my parents <clears throat> argued a lot and got a divorce when I was a young teen. Feelings of being hurt and alone and abandoned made me feel like doing bad things to myself a lot, a lot of the time, and that continued into my adulthood. Basically, I engaged in a lot of self-destructive behavior. Um, feeling alone was confusing and sad because I felt like there was no God looking out for me, even though I grew up in the Episcopal Church and grew up in a church. Um, confused as ever, I became an adult still feeling alone and abandoned, even though there were people around me. I made a lot of bad choices and suffered a lot of serious consequences. My poor choices brought some bad people into my life who were mean and pretty evil. Nonetheless, I let, I let them into my life, and I take responsibility for that. At one point, one of those bad people hurt me physically, and it was really hard to heal from that. And there were times, again, that I wanted to hurt myself because I felt so much pain shame, unworthiness, and isolation. When that man hurt me, I wasn't a Christian. I was involved in several other forms of spirituality and religion. I believed in a lot of what Buddhists and Hindus and Wiccans believe, along with some Native American beliefs. I can say that I worshiped many gods and wasn't aware that Jesus had begun to call me, but he was. When I was so hurt and alone, I, I prayed out to those gods to help me heal, help me find some relief from all my pain. I received no relief. There were no answers to any of my desperate prayers. I cried out to those gods and no one answered. Late one night, I was taking a hot bath, crying and trying to think of how I could end this pain. As I wept, I said, if there is a Jesus Christ and you are who you say you are, please, I need you now, help me, please. Miraculously, I was pulled up from that water and I believe today and have the whole time that I believe by angels that they pulled me up. And I went to bed feeling warmed somehow that prayers for help were being answered. Within a week, I asked Jesus to really come into my life. I felt that I loved him because I felt his love. I didn't feel shame with him. I felt love and acceptance. For the first time in my life, I didn't feel like a loser. Furthermore, Jesus helped me understand that what had happened to me was pure evil. But the good news, the glorious news, is that Satan's plan to destroy me backfired. Yeah. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, what he put out to destroy me, God turned into a miracle and saved my life. Jesus has since removed the urges I have had, and this is a miracle too, I've, I've had to hurt myself through his Holy Spirit working in me, through prayer, reading his word, 
and good, solid Christian counseling. All of the beautiful blessings along the way in the form of even butterflies, hugs, ice cream cones have helped too. <laughs> because of Jesus, there is a joy I have never known growing in my heart because of the Lord. His Holy Spirit is changing me from the inside every day. Sometimes it hurts to learn a lesson, but I know it is for the greater good in his plan. And um, Romans 8, 28, he works for the good of those who love him. Boy, that's been a constant theme. Um, and Romans 10, 13, whoever will call upon the, the name of the Lord will be saved. <laughs> You know what? I'm going to have to hold this way. Okay. Woo. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Just hold your wrist with your other hand. Oh, like that? Yeah, that's okay. good. That's good. Liz, to you today, confess that you were trusting in the shed blood of Christ alone as the ground of your salvation. Yes, I do. Uh, based upon your profession of faith in Jesus Christ, we now baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. conversion is a form of a miracle because God brings somebody who is dead to life, somebody that was blind to sight, somebody that couldn't hear to hear. Um, that's why I believe in the New Testament, all of those healings that Jesus did were symbolic of what he was going to do uh, spiritually in people's lives. And so we are have our next candidate, Steve McIntyre, coming up. Salvation equals Jesus plus nothing else. Right. Amen. That's a simple testimony. That's really good. That's just for beginners. That's just for beginners. I want to begin my testimony this morning at the, at the very beginning, the most important and pivotal day in my life. That was February 14th, 1977. It was Valentine's Day, a date we typically spend celebrating love, it was on that date I was invited to receive the greatest gift of love God can give, Jesus, his son. Never had I received a gift of this magnitude without having done anything to deserve it. 1 John 3.16 describes it this way. This is how we know what love is, 
that Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. On that same day, I was invited to a prayer meeting and said the sinner's prayer and was baptized in the Holy Spirit. Immediate clarity came to me in recognition that I was a sinner and that I had a need for repentance. That turned out to be real immersion in the Spirit of God. My life was suddenly shaken as from the ground below my feet to my head. After that day, my life was never the same again. It took days and weeks to understand the manifestations of the pouring out of the Holy Spirit. The recognition by those around me who knew me both before and after the event that I was a very different person. My eyes were open to the scriptures and I could see the Spirit manifesting himself in my life. Prior to that day, my religious understanding had been based on Catholicism. It consisted of rules and rituals of a church that no one could clearly explain to me. I was grateful that God revealed the truth of a real faith-based relationship with Jesus. With this new fellowship leading me in the truth of the scriptures, I was in a tailspin of discovery in the word of God. And by that, he had assumed command over my life. I was in sold out mode, as we say, sharing with everyone I met this newfound truth and God's love for us in his son's great sacrifice at Calvary. All of a sudden, the revelation of the word of God came solidly true to me, particularly through passage, passages like this. In John 3.16, as everyone likes to read, and I enjoy this myself, God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whosoever shall believe in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And in Romans 8, 1 and 2, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. And finally, in John 15, 7 through 11, if you remain in me, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. It goes on to say, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be complete. These and so many other scriptures became the foundation and the way for walking with Jesus in the spirit, enabling me to share in his nature. This experience continues to be the profound guide for my life day to day in everything I do. That joined me to the worldwide Christ, Church of Christ and its many true believers. Today I declare to the church that Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior because Jesus has saved me and I have submitted to him in obedience as my Lord, I am publicly confessing the truth by being baptized. So, in all of that, may God be given all the glory in Jesus and by the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.
Steve, do you today confess that you are trusting in the shed blood of Jesus Christ alone as the ground of your salvation? I do. All right, based upon your profession of faith in Christ, we now baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. candidate for today is Lindsay Veritas. Would you come on up here? All right, so I'm Lindsay Levitas. Um, as a kid, I was raised in the Catholic religion. I completed several sacraments and attended CCD, but inconsistently attended church services. When I attended, it was mainly out of obligation to my grandparents because they were devout Catholics. As I got into my young adult years, I started to believe I knew everything, like most young adults, and therefore I strayed away from the church. I ignorantly and arrogantly believed it was not something I needed, and it was definitely not something I sought. I thought, I'm doing just fine on my own. My parents and grandparents raised me to have good moral values. Why did I need to go to church? Clearly, I truly did not understand what it meant to be a Christian or what it meant to have a relationship with the Lord. Several years later, a coworker asked me to attend service at her church. Her dad happened to be one of the pastors. Although I was very hesitant as I hadn't stepped foot in a church in years, I felt a tug on my heart to go. I thought, what's the worst that could happen? <laughs> Here we are. Uh, needless to say, it was a pivotal moment in my journey to faith as God really started to work on my heart from that point on. I started to attend church and read scripture regularly. Although it felt overwhelming at times, I was more motivated than ever to learn more about Christ and the sacrifices he made for all of us. As I dove into God's word, I learned just how sinful I was and how I was going down the wrong path in life and fast. But I also learned of the Lord's love for me, that he sent me a savior, one that would take away all the sins I've committed and struggles I've dealt with to set me free. I still struggled with feeling unworthy of his love, mercy, grace, and forgiveness, and unfortunately resisted coming to faith. God was patient though. He didn't give up on me. He knew I needed him long before I could even realize it. And one night he brought me to this verse from Mark 2.17. It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but the sinners. Um, an imaginary light bulb appeared above my head. <laughs> I'm that sinner in need of a savior. I, struggled with, I have struggled with anxiety and depression most of my life, and I have spent many days in a very dark place feeling like there's no end in sight. Despite my past sin and struggles, Christ has called me to follow him because he is the way, the truth, and the life. Over the last several months, it has become abundantly clear that I need him. And the secret is, I'm still unworthy, but I have found my worth in Jesus' free gift of salvation. Yeah, this feels good. Just hold your wrist with the other hand. 
Can you see why this is one of our favorite services? Um, amen. Amen. And if you have never uh, gone into the waters of baptism, I would encourage you to reach out to one of the pastors or elders. And uh, on the next time we offer this opportunity, I would love it if you would do that. Let me pray before we go into our last song. So let's pray. Father, it is absolutely amazing who you are. It's amazing that the ultimately offended one, you, planned for our salvation. And before this world was ever created, before we were ever created, Lord, you planned for our salvation. Lord Jesus, I praise you for becoming the provision for our salvation, your, your life, your death, your burial, your resurrection, your ascension, and now you're seated in heaven praying for each one of these candidates and just praising you, your Father, because of this. And Holy Spirit, I thank you so much for uh, drawing each one of us to faith and opening our eyes and drawing us to faith. Lord, I thank you for the testimonies that each one gave, Father, of uh, what you've done in their lives. And I pray today, as they have publicly professed their faith, I pray that they would go on day after day honoring you, reflecting you. And I pray that maybe if there is one here who has never trusted in Christ alone, maybe through one of the testimonies that they heard today, that today would be the day of their salvation. Today would be the day that they bend their knee to you. In Jesus' matchless, holy, and powerful name we pray. Amen.
testing, testing. Good morning, church. Can I ask you to be seated just real quick for an announcement? Um, and I just wanted to read something to you. Um, we have a lot of new folks in our church. So for those of you who don't know me, my name is Sherry Miller, um, AKA the VBS lady. I've been in ShopRite and I've been at a couple places and somebody will say, Ma, it's the VBS lady. So I, I wear that title proudly. <laughs> Nothing better than I'd, I'd want to be called. <laughs> So I want to do a few announcements and just share um, some stuff with you about VBS. Um, first, I want to read this. I know Tim shared this a long time ago, but we have so many new families. Um, in November, I got a random text from a family who moved to Tennessee. They used to be from the Washington, Oxford area. And last year was the first time they had ever attended our VBS. And I got this text that said, just thought you'd like to know, Taris and I are being baptized by immersion on 1120, a total conversion of faith. I'm so glad you reached out to me about VBS. It set a whole new course for our family. Wow. So it's, it's about the kids, but it's so much more than the kids. Like we have the opportunity um, to plant seeds in these children and you just don't know. You don't know what reaching out to a child and inviting them to VBS can do for a whole family, but God knows. So I just wanted to share that. Um, we have a couple of other um, similar stories. Um, you know, we don't know whether we're planting seeds, fertilizing the seeds. Or, you know, we may never see the fruit, but God will. So um, I just wanted to share some of the announcements, and then we're going to close in prayer, um, prayer for VBS in particular. So our VBS program this year is Backstage with the Bible, and it focuses on putting the Bible back into Vacation Bible School. So um, this program is by the Go Fish guys. They are very animated. They're all young dads, and they make the music fun, but it is full of scripture. Um, they're saying away with the fluff and, you know, like all of these programs that are just like making it look a certain way. They want it to be real and full of the Bible for the kids, but they're showing them that it can still be fun. Um, Isaiah 48 says, the grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of God stands forever. So we want to teach them that the word of God is real um, and forever, everlasting. Um, so most importantly, we need to sign up the kids. So we have had a huge turnout so far. I have over 35 children already pre-registered, which being almost two and a half weeks away, is that's pretty good. And our sign just went out this week. So we usually get a lot more registrations once they see the sign on the highway. So church families, if you haven't already signed your child up, please do so. It just helps us... Um, with like our number count. I have almost 40 volunteers for that week, which is an amazing number. Thank you so much. We could not do this without you. It's amazing, amazing help, uh, ranging in age from um, 13 to 81. God bless, I am just so excited about it. So um, continuing with our desire to minister to our community and our, our local community of um, the Washington, Oxford area. 
Um, we have partnered with Community Blend again this year, and we'll be collecting new and used um, school supplies for local kids in the community, and then Community Blend invites those families in to come shop, but of course everything is free. So lunch boxes and backpacks can be used, like gently used. Um, a lot of our kids get a new backpack every single year just because it's a new school year. Um, and there was absolutely nothing wrong with the backpack from last year or the lunchbox from last year. So we'll be collecting those items. And then the school supply items should be new, you know, the pencils, the crayons, markers, notebooks, things like that. So we'll start having collection bins in the foyer for the next three Sundays for anybody in our church who would like to um, support that cause. But that'll be the main mission of the kids at VBS because then it's teaching them how they can help other kids in the community. And also, um, our VBS is free. We don't charge, which some, some places do. So it's a way for the families to feel like, hey, this is a free program all week for the kids. Let's go shop and buy some school supplies and put it in the bin. So um, kind of, you know, a few purposes that that's serving. Um, how can you help? Invite your friends, invite your neighbors, um, coworkers' children. Last year, this is just a bizarre story. Only, only God can do this. Um, a set of twins. I saw them registered. I recognized their last name, and I knew like uh, twins with that last name. And they live in Phillipsburg. It's got to be the twins from my school. We don't get kids from Phillipsburg here typically. They go to VBS in Phillipsburg. Um, it was a little boy that I had when he was in the three-year-old and the four-year-old preschool, and he finished kindergarten last year. And when he came here and he was like, this is Mrs. Miller's church. This is Mrs. Miller's VBS. And he met Gabby. Well, forget it. It was over. He met Gabby. He was now obsessed with, um, he, I need to go to their house. I need to come. So we have actually like bonded with this family and she said to me a few weeks later she has children in their 20s and grandchildren and then she had these little six-year-old twins much later in life and she said to me and it just got me she said you don't understand I was praying for a village she said when I had my kids my older three I had a village I had all my family everybody had kids that age she says now I have the twins and I have nobody they're all older everybody's out doing their own thing and she said I have nobody to help me love on my kids and I said well did God send you to the right place because if there's anything if anybody knows I teach kindergarten like that is my wheelhouse so I said you have found the right family to help love on your kids because it's become like a whole family thing so you just don't know and this is all because um help me out Norwest Cap lady from our church Louisa, all because Louisa invited her coworker. Louisa worked in Norwest Cap with the mom and said, my church is running VBS. Why don't you sign the kids up? Why don't you sign the twins up? You need a break, mom. You know, bring them down. They'll have so much fun. If Louisa never made that effort to invite that coworker's children, it wouldn't have grown. Like, they've actually come to visit the church since then. And like I said, now we have this whole relationship. So you just don't know how just that one invitation can impact a whole family. Um, we do have uh, tags out front that you can sign up. I have so many people that come to me and say, how can I help? I can't volunteer, but I would like to donate something. So this is for those families. Um, if you like to cook, I have a section for people who like to make a dish, you know, baked beans, pasta salad, something like that, because we do feed our helpers, our volunteers. It's one of the perks. Um, 
we like to say, you know, don't worry about dinner, we'll take care of you for that whole week. And then I have another side, a lot bigger, of people who would rather shop. Like just pick up a few snack items to help with the kids' snack for the week. So that is right outside in the foyer. You take the star tag off and you sign your name underneath. Just so if the item doesn't get here, I can kind of just say, hey, did you, know, did you get that? If not, we'll just go out to shop right and get it. Um, it's not a money thing for anybody who's confused. Yes, we have a budget. We can easily go do that. It's more because so many people ask Sherry, I want to make a donation to VBS. What can I do to help? So that's just one way that you can contribute. Um, coming to help decorate the building. Next Sunday is Father's Day. Not, not next Sunday. The Sunday before VBS is Father's Day. I don't want anybody to have to stay after service to help with anything VBS related. Everybody has family commitments, whether they're a dad or need to go visit their dad. So that's typically when we decorate, the Sunday before. We're pushing it off to Monday, which is the day VBS starts. Um, I panicked about this last year, but God provided. Um, there were like 10 ladies that showed up on a Monday at like, I don't know, 12.30, 1 o'clock in the afternoon. And within an hour and a half to two hours, the sanctuary, the hallways, and all the classrooms were ready for VBS. The more people that come, the faster it goes. Um, so please, if you're available, come see me or Christina and just let us know that you would be able to come on that Monday. Um, again, I don't want to take anybody's family time on Father's Day, so we really need to um, make it happen on Monday. And most importantly, please pray. Um, pray for our volunteers, pray for the children, um, pray for the families that we will be touching. Um, and I'm just going to close in prayer, and hopefully that gives you some ideas on how you can pray for us um, during the coming weeks. Okay, Father God, I thank you for the opportunity to help um, share the love of Christ in our community with the children and families right here in the Washington area. Lord, I pray particularly for our volunteers. I pray that you would put a hedge of protection around them, Lord, um, protecting them from any illness, anything that would prevent them from being able to serve that week. Lord, I pray that you would touch their hearts with the right words, the words that you want them to say to the children they're working with. Lord, that you would um, just touch them in a way that would help them share Jesus' love and let the children see um, what it means to be a part of the church community, what it means to be a follower of Christ. Lord, I pray for the children that you would send them with open hearts, um, that you would send them here um, to be touched by your word. Um, Lord, I just pray for their safety during the week, that you would keep the children safe, the volunteers safe. And Lord, I pray for each and every family of the children that um, they may be touched by some of the things that their children are learning during the week or sharing with them at home, that it might um, open up some doors um, for those families to come and find out more about you and your son, Lord. Um, we know that this is not for us, that this is for you and to further your kingdom, Father God, that um, none of this is possible without you. I thank you for every volunteer that you have sent our way. I know that you have already handpicked the people that you wanted in certain roles, and I thank you for making that clear to them and sending them forward. Um, Lord, again, I just pray that um, you would bless this week and have um, everything go according to your plan. And again, Lord, we thank you and we praise you and we know that all of this is for your son, Jesus Christ. And it's in his name I pray, amen.